This is Fireproof Your Retirement with Michael J. Markey Jr. Fireproof Your Retirement is 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Michael's passion is to teach listeners the same thing he's taught clients and prospects, how to take control of their money. It's been this philosophy which has garnished Michael and his firm Legacy Financial Network national attention. In 2010, AM Best featured them as one of the top 10 most innovative agencies in the country. In 2014, Insurance Newsnet magazine featured Michael as a local celebrity and life health pro, named him hero of the insurance industry. Michael's even been given the Moving America Forward Award by William Shatner. Now here's your host, Michael J. Markey Jr. Welcome back to another episode of Fireproof Your Retirement. Remember, this is the show or the only blanket statement that we like is that we don't like blanket statements. And I got to tell you, I don't even think we're all that fond of that one. But our goal, our hope, and I mean this, our passion is to change your life by changing the way you look at money. I was told by one of our office staff today that on her, or not today, this week, on her deathbed, she will tell everyone around her how fulfilled her life had been because of how large her investments had grown to, just so I won't be able to say this anymore. So let's hope that Suzanne gets another 30 or 40 years. So by that time, maybe the radio show is no longer on air. But nobody talks about on their deathbed how fulfilled their life has been because of how large their investments have grown to because money does not have meaning. If money had meaning, people on their deathbed or shortly before would share with family, friends, loved ones, how fulfilled their life has been because of how large those investments have grown to. So kind of redundant, but point is money doesn't have meaning. It only has purpose and its purpose is to give or to spend. So on that note, let's get on with today's show. Today, we're going to talk about gifts, spending, Christmas. It's coming up. And the reason we're going to talk about that is we've got our oldest just hitting the big 1-0. This morning, I woke up and I said, hey, dude, you're the big 10-0. He's like, dad. I'm not a hundred. <laughs> like, right, big one O. So I was surprised. I we did the birthday shopping together, and there was two things that surprised me here. Number one, the amount we spent. And number two, I think in every marriage there's a spender and there's a saver. Most of our listeners would think that I would be the what would be the best um most saver? I was thinking of cheap? No. You used to call it frugal. Why do you now call it cheap? You used to always correct me like, honey, you're frugal. Now now I'm cheap. We go on the radio it, it and now you call me, the day. call me names. I was thinking tightwad is what probably some people would think. That is accurate most of the time. But what was interesting, so this is one of the first times we've had a birthday with zero plan. We haven't bought early gifts. We haven't been talking about it through the year. It's been a really busy year. And we went out 24 hours before his birthday. And so we go together and we go to a couple stores and now I wanted to buy him some tools. And I know that sounds maybe odd to people being the big 10 Um, but I wanted, he loves building. So I thought let's buy him a handsaw, which everyone's like, he's going to cut his finger off. I'm like, come on guys, seriously, cut your finger off with a handsaw. You're going to have to keep going back and forth. That's not realistic. But so that added up quickly by the time we got a saw and a little hammer and nails and all that stuff. But he really wanted this bike thing. And you added that up, and that thing was, I don't know, 70 or 80 bucks. The tools were 40 bucks. There's 120. So there's two things I want to talk about in this segment. Number one, I was surprised. I said, wow, we really went overboard on spending. And you told me that we normally spend what on? Uh, we, well, 
when I go shopping, I typically spend about a hundred bucks on the kids for their birthdays. And so then I was, we were talking about doing our pre-meeting for the show, and I said we shouldn't tell people on the show that because that's like way too much. So then you tell me I should go online and figure it out. What do we end up? What was the number that they end up saying the average spending was for birthdays? I believe it was close to like three hundred, wasn't it? Yeah, let me see if I can find it here. That was Christmas, so we should come back to Christmas. Birthdays, average families, looking at a, a Time magazine piece, their money section, they were saying almost $200 per child was the average. So here I am thinking that we're really high, um, and quite frankly, that's low. Now, maybe some people listening, that's high. Um, but I think more importantly, the second piece that came to is, while most people would think I'd be the saver, we had no plan this time. We go into Toys R Us. And you wanted to buy a go-kart or something for $450. Well, it was $449, first of all. Whatever. Second of all, it went 12 miles an hour. It was a four-wheeler. It looked really cool. And you know what this put in perspective for me is that without a plan, you know, I think everybody wants their kids to have a magical birthday. But without a plan, we're, it's easy to spend too much. Right. Well, and... I mean, to put this in perspective, I usually do the birthday shopping because I'm the one that's home. And typically when I go shopping, it's they get a toy, they get a book, they get some clothes. So you try and make it so that it's beneficial throughout the rest of the year as opposed to just, hey, look at all these toys. Yeah. And and I think that's probably pretty normal. What Let's go over a couple stats that as we did this research that we found that really surprised me. We'll do that. So today's show, let's go over gifts, uh, birthday wise. Then um, we'll do even Christmas. And then I think we should talk about what we call unexpected income, such as the three paycheck months that happen twice a year and the tax refund, because people end up knowing this income is going to come in and they build it into their spending. Um, So looking at average spending, when it comes to Christmas, looking at a today.com piece. Now, this was from December 2011. Now, remember, 2011, we've still got Ben Bernanke, the federal chair, talking about that we're gonna have a double dip recession. We're still talking about the economy is not doing anything. We're still talking about $2 trillion of stimulus money. By no means is anybody going, hey, we're in the American economy. Look at how great things are. I mean, people hardly say that now. Um, but we had average spending. This is now six years ago. They said average spending when they interviewed 6,000 different moms, the average spending, and notice how they interviewed the moms, not the dads. Because the moms do all the shopping. And apparently. Um, if it's Amazon, I might do it. But the average spending per child, $271 a child. One in 10 were saying that they're spending upwards, and again, this is six years ago, $500 per child. That's not the thing that really bothered me. Now, me being more the finance person, then I then going through this article, we went through two articles. One was on today.com, one was on Time Magazine uh, under their money section. But the Time Magazine said, and this was from this year, three quarters of Americans spending who self-admittedly spent too much on Christmas and um, birthday presents, three quarters don't have an emergency fund. Does that surprise you? No, not. I mean, most of the people that I talk to, they use their credit cards for Christmas and then take the next like six months to pay it off. So Well, it's zero interest. What's the big deal? It's not zero interest. Let's say it is though. Let's say it is. So what's the big deal? No interest. How can I go wrong? Okay. Well, I mean, for example, when we our like first Christmas together, mm-hmm. we didn't make a ton of money or anything. And I had to put, you know, Christmas gifts and things on a credit card while I took the next four to six months to pay it off. And I don't have, I did not at the time have the extra, say 400, um, you know, the extra hundred dollars a month 
Well, what about, to, you know, I don't want to use a name here, but we've got, you know, somebody you and I both know, younger, we'll say the millennial style. <laughs> I like picking on millennials. <laughs> well, you know, old, older people and, and younger people, we do stupid things for different reasons. If you're younger, you're entitled. You shouldn't be, but you're entitled because, well, I got my four-year degree and I just grabbed, I got $80,000 of student loan debt. I deserve this. Well, you're also kind of ignorant, I think, yeah. when you're younger because you have never budgeted before in your entire life. Well, and you just studied all these books that told you you know everything that all these people right. don't know. Right, And if you're 62 year old, years old, you kind of have this same entitlement, but for a different reason. It's, I've been there, I've done that. Yep, here comes a whole new crop of people coming straight out of college. But anyway, we only got a couple minutes before the, the break. You know, we got somebody in our family who lost their job unexpectedly, didn't we? Yeah. Oops, I said no, and now I just said family. I guess I gave that away. But, you know, he said something stupid, I think, to a coworker, and what was it, HR overheard him? Yeah, I don't remember it. It just, it, yeah, it was last fall. But there you go. Had that been, let's say, March. And if you're putting on a credit card, so I don't think the zero interest, that's why I said I want to assume, I don't think zero interest is a bad thing. I don't think monthly bills are a bad thing, but what I want to see as a finance person is that when we build up these bills, that if we have a change to income, those bills can be gone. Like if you don't, if you if you work a lot and you need somebody, you want somebody to come in on and help clean the house. I don't think that's a big deal because if you lose your job, what do you do? You get rid of the house cleaner. Right. If you do dry cleaning, what do you do? You get rid of the dry cleaning. Right. Cable. You. Everyone's heard the story between that when you and I first got married about how we didn't do cable. But if you have cable without a contract, you lose your job. What can you do? Get rid of the cable. Easy. So let's finish up real quick. So three quarters of the people interviewed here didn't have enough for an emergency fund. And 55% dipped in to their regular savings somewhere during the year for everyday expenses. Meaning not only did they have not have enough in their emergency fund, they had so little that they had to dip into the savings. And here's what really surprised me. Almost 50%, I think it was 44, and I don't want to bore everybody with all these stats, but 44% of the people dipped into retirement savings to cover everyday expenses. So this tells us here we are taking on these debts, buying these cool gifts. I, I get it. We all want to give our kids fun things, but here we are. We, we don't have an emergency fund. We don't have plan B. Visa becomes plan B. And the really scary one was the last one. Almost 50% reported going into debt to buy gifts. Right. Well, and my whole point about the credit card thing was that, yeah, fine. Okay. I put it on my credit card, but I didn't have the extra monthly income to pay off that credit card. So now not only did we spend $100 on Christmas on the credit card, then mine wasn't a 0% interest. So <laughs> I ended up paying the whatever 20 some percent interest, you know, on that and that then basically doubled what I spent for Christmas without getting double the gifts. Well, I didn't double, but well, whatever. But, but there you go. Not only did did we spend more than apparently what we could have afforded at the time, but then we paid more for it because it took longer. So right. on, on that note, we are, are we are late for our first break. Let's go ahead and take that. You are listening to Fireproof Your Retirement. Mike Markey is full of information, but as you probably already know, he gets so excited to give out that information that he speaks at about 900 words per minute with gusts up to 1,300. Now's your chance to get that information at your own pace. Mike has written a book called Fireproof Your Retirement, which can be found on Amazon. It covers many of the same topics we cover during the show, including income planning, asset allocation, gifting, taxes, and much more. As you know, Mike is all about paying it forward. That is why 100% of the proceeds 
go to local fire departments. Once again, that's Fireproof Your Retirement by Michael Markey, which can be found on Amazon.com. All right, and welcome back to the second segment of Fireproof Your Retirement. I am your co-host, Michael Markey, with me today as she is for really each and every week going forward, um, we haven't signed a contract, but uh, and I'm not getting paid. I think I think we're <laughs> we're in our final stages of negotiations. I've got my wife with me here, Vanessa. Um, our idea of this new format was this: if you tune into, let's use as an example, the Dave Ramsey show. What I have found particularly interesting is a husband calls in and goes, "Dave, my wife and I were going through such and such, and um, I think I should do whatever." Now, can you give me an answer? Now, Dave answers to the, the husband, you know, from a male perspective. But if, say, a wife calls in and says, I don't know, and what should we do? And maybe asking more from a wife perspective and answer, Dave does what? He goes, well, I've been married long enough that I think I can tell you what my wife Sharon would say. Not true. I have learned very quickly that I've been married long enough that I should never say I know what my wife would say. <laughs> so that's the idea of this format is to give you kind of two answers to some of these questions. Number one, um, from a male-female perspective. Number two, we've got kind of different experiences. I'm more of the finance side, more of the nerdy side, the academic side, and you're the one taking care of the household budget on an everyday basis. And the more practical side. That's not the way I was going to describe <laughs> that. So before the break, we talked about birthday gifts. We talked about how the average family doesn't have an emergency fund. We talk about that on this show all the time. I'm going to tell you right now, let's take that opportunity to, um, again, reemphasize what we want to see everyone have as an emergency fund, $5,000 in emergency fund. It really does change lives. There's people listening right now. Some of you listeners, you haven't had more than two or 3,000 in forever. Maybe you're paycheck to paycheck right now. $5,000 in savings and checking will change your life. I was meeting with somebody you and I both know, um, and she lives paycheck to paycheck right now. Somebody who struggles with anxiety, somebody who has a lot of stress in her life. And I looked at her and I said, and again, we always call Mary. Mary, the first thing we need to do is get $5,000 in savings and checking for you. She looks at me like impossible. She probably had a panic attack. Almost. And I said, Mary, life is kind of stressful, isn't it? And she's almost in tears. And I go, let's figure this out. Because if we get a $5,000 in savings and checking, I go, do you ever worry about your job? She goes, well, not often, but I go, ever? She goes, yeah. And I go, have you ever had a really bad day where maybe you messed up and it wasn't that big a deal in the, in the long run, but you wondered whether you're going to come in and have a job? She goes, yeah. What about when the economy goes bad? Do you ever wonder? Yeah. You're getting older. Do you ever wonder about the next downturn? Yeah. What about health? Yeah. I go, would you feel better if you had $5,000 in savings and checking? She goes, it wouldn't be the same. I go, exactly. But see, every advisor she's ever worked with, now she had a good advisor. I got to be candid with you. The, if I remember correctly, the assets, the way they were um, allocated, weren't bad. But all the advisor was doing is talking about, you know, well, if we take an asset allocation and then we break up these assets and these assets, now we got that. That's not all what life is about. That's not all what retirement is about. I know I just went on a tangent. We talked before this show that I was going to try not to do that, but moving forward. Gifting. So before the break, we talked about birthday gifts. Three-quarters of Americans, they don't have an emergency fund or not enough. They're dipping into retirement to pay for everyday expenses. They're dipping into savings to pay for everyday, everyday expenses. They're putting gifts on credit. So what gifts? You know, we have people that we know that right. they... Friends. Right. Friends that they live technically paycheck to paycheck. I mean, they make good money doing what they do. 
Um, but then when they go shopping for Christmas or for birthdays, they go all out. They mm-hmm. spend, you know, six hundred dollars per child when they don't necessarily have it, but they want them to have that good Christmas experience. And then it's on a credit card. They're struggling to figure out how they're going to pay for this, that, or the other. They go out and buy a dog that they can't, you know, can't afford because dogs, it's not just, hey, we bought this dog and it was, you know, $200. It's you bought the dog. You have to take it to the vet. It it eats like our dogs eat a 50 pound bag of food every day or every week. God, if it was every day, we'd be in trouble. Not every dog is that Um, way, but. But it's fun. It's a puppy. Yeah, they're great. And then they go to the bathroom on the floor and they need shots. I mean, it's almost like having a baby. Sure. What I've seen with that couple that we're talking about, you know, and it's been frustrating because here it is. We're trying to uh, they they want your advice when things are bad. But the moment things start going good, they know everything. Right. And what's hard with them is it's like you you want them to get ahead. But what I've seen with them is it's like they're almost there. They can basically afford that payment. They almost get paid off, but because there was no buffer, the moment anything else happened, it's boom. Not only are they back to where they started six months ago, but they're another step behind. Right. Or like if they're, you know, if you happen to be, well, fortunate, but unfortunate enough like us, like our kids' birthdays, literally birthdays start in August and go to the end of the year. So we have three kids and our birthdays are hit that too. So that's five people's birthdays in a four month span Mm -hmm. and then Christmas. So it may not necessarily be that you have to, you know, that you've budgeted for it, but that's more than one kid a month, basically when it's all stacked up. We were talking about a little bit in the break about budgeting and and we've got this rule in our household. We call it the 30% rule that if something's 30% off or more and it's something you're going to buy anyway, there's what's important. I mean, biggest example that I can give is dog food. Mm-hmm. Again, we have two large dogs. A bag of dog food itself, when we were buying the cheap stuff because we couldn't afford the very expensive pedigree, um, you know, even at 20 or $25 a bag, that was expensive for us. Probably shouldn't have had the dog at the time, but we love but them. But it happens. But, but we love them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I remember distinctly, we're getting ready to have our youngest, and dog food was like buy one, get one half off. We went and bought probably 10 50-pound bags of dog food. It looked like Cousin Eddie and Christmas Vacation. Yes, the checkout lady's like, you guys must have a lot of dogs. And we're like, no, we just have two, but they eat a lot and it's on sale. So that was something that if you don't have that buffer in your savings account, we wouldn't have been able to go do that at all. Did I ever tell you um, the story with our oldest here a couple years ago? Him and I were going through Myers. And I, we had seen that food was going to be on sale. And uh, since we were going to stock up, I wanted to wait till Saturday because I think it was a Sunday through Saturday sale. We went through, we grabbed, I had a cart, he had a cart. We put in the 40, they had about four 40 pound bags. So we grabbed those. They had 20 pound bags. We grabbed those. We were down to even the 10 pound bag. This lady, we're walking to the checkout. She starts berating me. She goes, what do you need that much dog food for? What about if other people want it? I go, would you like a bag? We got more than enough. She goes, no. It's the last day of the sale. We just figured we'd clean it out. Yeah, this is about <laughs> 7 o'clock on a Saturday, and she just wouldn't let it go. I don't know why. She, I don't know I don't know if I was wearing a Michigan shirt and she was a state fan. I don't know what was going on. She's what are you doing this for? And I finally said, ma'am, you know, I got to tell you something. She goes, what? I go, it's far cheaper feeding the kids this stuff. You add a little water and put it in the microwave <laughs> than it is real food. And she looks at me and she goes, unbelievable. 
unbelievable. And starts walking the other way. And called CPS at the same time. Probably. They didn't come to the house <laughs> at that time. No, I'm kidding. You shared the story earlier, Vanessa, about spending too much our first Christmas, which I didn't really rem- remember. But, you know, I think sometimes um, at the beginning of a relationship, a marriage, and after that marriage has been going on a while, sometimes we don't communicate as well as we should. So we're going to talk about that later, by the way. Oh, yay. (laughs) Kidding. (laughs) But I thought of a story as you talked about that. I remember us going into Target um, again towards the beginning of our relationship. And this is a story I've now shared with really probably husbands, um, hundreds of couples that we've worked with individually about not using unexpected dollars. Don't count on unexpected dollars. Sounds odd, but here's what we mean as a firm by unexpected dollars. The three paycheck months, there's two of them per year, and tax refunds. So the story that I remember, you and I were going through Target, and I, if I remember correctly, the diapers were on sale. It was buy two, get like half off the third. So it made right. sense. We did that. Maybe some clothes were on sale. I mean, we bought things, kind of that 30% rule we talked about last break. We bought things we'd buy anyway. But the, the amount on the register, I remember it being pretty high. And I go, we got to make a plan on how to attack this thing. It was probably a couple hundred bucks. Right. And it was kind of like, oh, hey, well, we're going to have some extra money. And there wasn't a plan. So we just kind of went bananas. I'm like, what do you mean extra money? And you looked at me. Do you remember what you said? Well, I get a third paycheck this month. So I'm like, you do. (laughs) And it, you know, it, it didn't hit me at the time. And it it wasn't like this was boom, a light bulb that was right afterwards. But what's happened is you just kind of went, oh, okay, right. It made sense. And that is the average American attitude right there, that I can spend these dollars today because I've got these extra dollars coming tomorrow. As I've talked to hundreds of folks, though, I love talking to people more about behaviors, not the what's, but the why's, what went on, you know, these things, right? We weren't alone. A lot of families do that. But here's what doesn't make sense to me. Ten months out of the year, you can make it on on two paychecks. Correct. And yet, twice a year... You got to have that third one. How does that make any sense? It doesn't. But we go spend a little bit more a month before. And then what I found, not so much, I, probably even with you and I at the beginning, but as we've watched friends do this, it then becomes, if you know the three paycheck month is in February, let's not use the February. What's the other one generally? Like August a lot of times or right around there? Usually, yeah. There's one in the middle of summer. It's July or August, depending on how the weeks hit. And then there's one typically because I, I do payroll around December. <laughs> oh, it is, I thought it was February and August. Anyhow, uh, regardless, the summer one's the one that I find more important because all of a sudden, you know, May, June, people, when you know it's coming up, we start planning for even earlier and earlier and earlier. And you spend it in May by June, you forgot. And then you spend it again in June. And by July, you forgot. You spend it again in July. So then you're in the hole. Big time. Yeah. And so you and I were talking about that with tax refunds. What do people use their tax refunds so many times for? Uh, I mean, best example that I can think of is one of one of the people that works for me, um, her and her significant other, they basically plan on spending their tax returns on the credit card bill from Christmas. Right. So it's a justification to spend more dollars. Right. And again, why is that a bad idea? It's already planned for you're going to be able to put it away. I mean, you're going to be able to pay it off. 
Right. And it's not necessarily a bad idea from the standpoint of if they had an emergency fund. But I know that they don't. Just obviously we have quite a good relationship. You know, we've worked together for five years now. I know that they don't have too much of an emergency fund. And then they talk about, you know, car insurance comes up around the same time and all of this stuff. And it's it just kind of compiles and compiles. And if they could take some of that and set it aside, maybe they wouldn't be panicking in April, May, June when their son starts soccer. Well, I think this is the difference that you have to, if you're listening right now and you're going, I I don't think that's a bad idea. I got 60 days, same as cash. I got 90 days, same as cash. I got a interest-free visa. You guys are off your rocker telling me to pay this stuff off or pay cash for it when I can use somebody else's money. You know, the thing here though, if you're missing the point, it's that paying, you know, spending more in December or spending $500 on your kids, like that study said, on your kids for Christmas. Cool. Awesome. That's not the point. It's do you have the foundation first? If you don't have that emergency fund and you're using the third paycheck in August to pay off credit card on something you bought that you probably didn't need because 10 months out of the year, you're able to do it on two paychecks. But for some reason in August, you can't. That's who we're talking to. We'll end on this. A lot of us are spenders. And if you are a spender, if you're, let's say, 45 years old and listening to this right now, if you're a spender, I'm not calling you a dirty word. I think we all are spenders to some degree. And it's a hard thing to do, a hard thing to become more of a saver. You've developed a skill then. What always surprises me is when I meet people paycheck to paycheck. I remember those days and they were hard and it drove me nuts. They're stressful. Yeah. Made marriage harder, made relationships harder, friendships harder. Friends want to go do something. You want to do it. How do you say no? I remember that. But as I'm thinking of this, the idea here, though, is if you're a spender, you've developed this skill to be able to shuffle all these things around on very little buffer, a couple hundred dollars buffer, right? A lot of people have, I'll meet people and they'll say, what do you have to say to check? And they go, my paycheck. It's in there. And then it's gone. Right. So a couple (laughs) hundred bucks buffer. And you've been able, a lot of you listening, you've been able to balance this buffer to make all these payments. And when was the last time you missed a payment? Most? Never. Or years, right? Right. Most Americans, adults become really, really good bill payers. So you've done that. That is a skill. You've learned this skill to be able to juggle. I I don't know. Credit to you. I, I don't know how you do it. But you've learned the skill to be able to juggle all these things. So why don't we use that skill? That's an asset that you have that I can be on, you know, candidly, I don't have. I wouldn't be able to do that, keep track of, you know, I'm going to move this $35 from account B to account C and then C to A and then that's going to cover this. And then on the third, I got to move here. And then on the fourth, I don't know how you do it. My point there, though, is what we got to do is create an extra bill. One of the very best extra bills you can ever create is one for husband, one for wife. What that means is... um. You know, in our case, how we used to do it, and I've done this now with dozens of couples, once a month, if you think you can't save, start with something like 50 bucks each. And Vanessa would give me 50 bucks, and I'd show up to that dinner, I'd give you 50 bucks. And it would go in an envelope. It went in an envelope, but we created a bill. And you know, the last thing I ever want to do was show up to that dinner and what? Not have your $50. I don't think you would have ever yelled at me for it. But I would have felt like I was disappointing you. Yeah, yeah, promise. And I don't remember ever a time where you didn't have that. And you find that not only did that seem like a big dollar amount at the time, but we found that it was easier than to do more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And we kept it in cash. On top of the cupboard. 
Not anymore. You yell at me. <laughs> you made us go buy a safe, which I'm like, why are we spending money and then putting a safe to, to save our money? Because if somebody broke into our house, I didn't want them to find the cash that we had stashed because yeah, that was our savings. Safe and take the safe. But anyway, there you go. There's the practical side. Why there's two of us. The point there is let's use that asset. Let's use that skill you've developed and let's make another bill. If you're not getting this type of advice, if the only advice you're getting is how to manage your 401k, how to manage your IRA, how to manage these stocks and bonds. I'm telling you, at most, at the very most, that's half the equation. Do you have a retirement planner that the one thing he hasn't done or she hasn't done is actually built you a physical plan? I believe a plan should be in writing. If it's not in writing, it's a? Idea. Exactly. So do you have a financial planner and they haven't written you a plan? I bet you do. Do you have a retirement planner and they haven't talked about Social Security? What's the number one fundamental of retirement? Social Security. Maybe not if you're 30, but I'm telling you, if you're 40, 50 years old, you got to talk about Social Security because pensions aren't there anymore. If you're not getting that advice, give us a call, 616-589-4004. 616-589-4004. Go online, www.legacyfinancialnetwork.com. Sign up for one of our free workshops. They're in a library. It's non-confrontational. Guess what? Library, educational. Makes sense. Give us a call, 616 589 Four zero zero four. Until next week, I am your co-host, Michael Markey. And Vanessa Markey, no hyphenated. And this has been another episode of Fireproof Your Retirement. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Retirement. For more information, contact Michael J. Markey Jr. of Legacy Financial Network. Call toll-free at 855-LF-NETWORK or online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.